Okay. Hi, this is Tony at Cover Magazine. I'm speaking to Stuart McMurdo, and uh, Stuart is the Chief Executive Officer for Reinsurance at SCORE. Stuart, thank you very much for taking time to talk to me. Yeah, pleasure, Tony. Good to be here. Great. Um, Stuart, we're having a bit of a general conversation about uh, reinsurance at the moment, etc. And one of the things that um, I've often picked up here in the local market is issues with regards to uh, capacity. And um, maybe you can just tell us your experience with regards to capacity and if anything has changed in the interim. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I think um, the capacity issue is, is probably a tale of two halves for 2023. Uh, in January 2023, globally, um, there was a real crunch on capacity. The retro markets, uh, which obviously support the capacity reinsurance markets can deploy, uh, were holding back on their capacity and, and uh, any of that capacity that was made available was incredibly expensive but very tight terms and conditions. It took, it took a fair amount of time for that to um, settle down as we were working through November and December of 2022 in terms of the January renewals, um, but, but then it came to the table. But capacity was still very tight in January. As we moved through the year 1-4, which is um, predominant, you know, dominated by Japan and India, uh, some of that capacity started to come back into the market. Uh, but it started to chase business that was at, uh, at the right price and, and correctly structured, right terms and conditions. So all of the kind of corrective actions that we saw in January became a requirement for, for capacity to support programs. Then we, we moved on to the June renewals, which are dominated by Florida. Uh, and, and as we went into the June renewals, big announcement by um, Berkshire Hathaway of very, very significant capacity for, uh, you know, for the U.S. market. And, and I think what we absolutely saw at 1.6 and 1.7 was that there was more than adequate capacity, but only, and this is the critical thing, only for programs that were correctly priced, correctly structured, and had the right terms and conditions around them. Mm -hmm. And we saw uh, some companies issuing firm audit terms, then getting very strong uh, written line support from the reinsurance market and then pulling their firm audit terms back because mm. they thought, oh, they're paying too much. Mm. And if, if they cut what they were willing to pay too far, it went from the one extreme to the other. In other words, there was no capacity. Mm. So to my point, the capacity has come back to the market, but very much only for the right mm. priced business. Mm. And do you think that attitude or way of looking at the business will, will be across reinsurers? Yes, I think so. Yeah. I, think, I think what you're seeing now is that capacity that's come back to the market is behind the traditional reinsurance players. Okay. So it's not that a new bunch of reinsurers has emerged as we saw a number of years back after 9-11, uh, mm. after, after Hurricane Andrew, you know, after those big, big kind of events in history that uh, that were market changing. This time around, uh, the capacity is there. There's third party capacity from the capital markets, much more limited than it was before. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, but it's very much behind the traditional markets. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so reinsurance brokers should be managing clients' expectations. In this so, you know, I, I would say the reinsurance broking community did an amazing job 
um, at, uh, at the 1-1 one -one renewals because there was a real risk at 1-1 one -one that programs would not be completed. And what we had said at SCORE, and I believe a number of our competitors had a similar view, was we would be doing no extensions. Mm -hmm. So we actually designed a product to allow us to offer an interim cover for those programs that hadn't yet been completed by 31 December. Mm -hmm. And I'm pleased to say we issued none. And by issuing none, it means that those programs were able to get completed. Mm -hmm. And really, I think that's where... You know, this whole reinsurance thing, it's a partnership, it's a team effort. And uh, I think the brokers can, can, uh, can be proud of the fact that they manage through very difficult situations to, to bring the whole thing to a proper close by 31 December. Yeah, yeah. And then, Stuart, maybe you can just elaborate for us a little bit from an industry perspective in terms of weather-related catastrophe risks and the big pressure that there is on, on um, reinsurers and insurers as well with regards to the developments in these risks. Yeah, so you know we've seen you know we've seen a couple of of big nasty claims in this space. I mean we, we have the ongoing issue of Californian wildfire, we have uh, the storm and flood situation in Australia and New Zealand, uh, we have these big hurricanes hitting the US. Uh, this year alone we see that the expectation of the frequency of hurricanes is is at an all time high with the with the Atlantic and, um, and uh, Gulf of Mexico ocean temperatures high, so that's fuel for the storms. Mm. So it's a pretty worrying situation. South Africa, of course, we all know the Neisner fires, mm. uh, and, and that being pre-COVID, one of the biggest cat, well, in fact, the biggest cat loss mm. that this market mm. had suffered. Mm. So from a reinsurance point of view, I think through this protracted soft cycle of about 10 years, the reinsurers, not just in South Africa, but globally, had moved down to a position in the, in the risk landscape that was way too close to the frequency of losses. Mm -hmm. So that, of course, you know, uh, put the reinsurance industry in a fairly unsustainable situation. So, so that's what we saw where, where deductibles had to change. Mm -hmm. um, and most of the reinsurers kind of pushed towards a 1 in 10 return period on those deductibles to deal with the frequency of these weather-related losses. Mm -hmm. That, of course, leaves the insurance companies in a tricky situation because previously they were passing those risks over. Now they've got to retain them. Mm -hmm. But I think the, you know, the, the really professional outfits out there will have the ability to work on and would have been working on for a number of years things like flood modeling, properly understanding their exposures mm. to wildfire risk. Um, and, and, and we're going to have to use technology and we're going to have to use modeling techniques um, to manage these issues because there's little doubt that there's change globally mm. in weather patterns. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, we're going to have to use that, uh, that clever modeling to, to yeah, manage this. Absolutely. Luckily, that um, type of modeling, etc., has really grown. Yes. In sophistication so yes yeah yeah it's solution. yeah and, and you know i think i think you know some of the problem is and this is what we have to grapple with as an industry some of the problem is is that you know where we are seeing these horrendous wildfires these things burn through normal the normal course of nature mm -hmm. what we've gone and done is built fancy housing estates and where, that uh, where it happens right uh, we, we see in places like Florida, it was fairly benign in Florida around hurricanes for about 10 years. Mm. So what happened is they went and stuck houses in many of these places because people want to live next to the sea. Mm. 
So this is the real challenge, is that in, in some instances, I, I'm not saying that there is not climate change and there's not mm. a problem with weather-related losses. There is. Mm. But in some instances, we've gone and stuck things in places they shouldn't be yes. in terms of housing and, mm. and exposure to fire and flood mm. and, and severe weather storms. Yeah, absolutely. In our case, it was the Kazulu-Natal floods where yeah. we saw people also have fault. Yes. Estates, same yeah. thing as you say. Same yeah. thing, yeah. 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 Stuart, thank you very much for your time. Good, That's, Tony. Um, yeah, great. great. Thank you. Yeah, likewise. Thanks thank for you. having me. Thank you yeah. very much.